What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Monkey Finance Show podcast. We're going to be recording our seventh episode. This will probably be our last episode for 2020. Uh, going into the new year, we're going to be trying. I, I told you last time, I'm going to try to get you more of these podcast episodes, but I'm so busy with the uh, coaching business. I'm busy with YouTube. I recently launched a private membership portion of the YouTube channel as well. So I got a lot going on. I apologize. I put you guys uh, the listen to the podcast on the back burner. But today, if you hear that audio visual there, I got my index card out. Um, I have the title that I wrote out on the index card and I have three points. So what we're going to be talking about today is why investors lose money. Um, I don't script any of these podcast episodes. I really just go off the top of my head and I I try to share uh, and be as transparent as I can with all the stuff that I've learned in the last couple of years that I've been an investor. So I think this one's going to be important um, to really share and, and talk about why the majority of investors in the stock market lose money when, in theory, the market goes up over time. So the first thing we're going to talk about is they do not have a long-term approach. So in the beginning, I told you the stock market goes up over time, but the majority of investors lose money. The reason they lose money is because they see uh, stock trading as a short-term avenue to wealth. And really to build wealth, you need time on your side when it comes to the stock market investing, at least uh, when it comes to being a consistent uh, investor in the stock market. So these people that typically are going to lose money within the first year are going to be people that come in, they heard about stock market investing from a friend, or maybe they got a hot stock tip from a coworker, uh, name any company. Uh, it's going to go up 10x. You have to invest in this. And generally, when you hear these stock tips, that stock or that uh, financial instrument that we're talking about, whether it's cryptocurrency, uh, EV stocks, whatever the case may be, uh, by the time it comes to to you, that stock is probably already at all-time highs. And it's probably the riskiest time to invest. But, you know, these people um, hear about these stock tips and they might go in and put a couple of hundred bucks. And generally what happens, they put in a couple hundred bucks and then within a couple of weeks, the stock goes down. Now, when you have a a short-term approach to stock market investing and a stock goes down, let's say 10% in two weeks, I think that is enough panic to drive out probably two-thirds of brand new investors, right? They're going to say, I put in 500 bucks, now I have 450. I can't handle this. This is too much. And they pull out the 450 and they probably never invest in the stock market ever again. That's one approach. The other approach is you have people that uh, I keep seeing now on YouTube. Unfortunately, I think YouTube's turned into a uh, who's who's of stock market experts. Uh, But you have people that are... uh, these Wall Street bets people, if you want to call them that, I don't even know. I don't know if they're associated Wall Street bets. I think uh, uh, everybody's uh, kind of gone insane, but that's just my approach uh, or my opinion. But you have people that are saying, you know, in in highly speculative stocks, they're saying buy the dip. You know, this thing's dipped twenty percent. Buy the dip. Um, yeah, no, don't do that. <laughs> do not buy the dip because what happens is you're dipping, as you're buying the dip, it's dipping lower and you're really buying a sinking ship. 
Um, so there's people like that, and then maybe they might lose, I don't know, 80% of their investment, 70% of their investment, and then they'll uh, dwindle out. Now, for every thousands and thousands of those types of investors, there's that story of one person who made it. And that one person that made it, um, they're going to boast up that success so much that every person that gets in is thinking they can be that one person. When in reality, there's only one person, guys, or two people or three people that have made wealth this way. So the the biggest mistake for brand new investors, if you're a brand new investor and you might be listening to this podcast, is don't have a short-term approach to a long-term plan to build wealth. It takes time. There's uh, there's very few people that can get from zero to a million dollars in one year. Very, very few. But there's going to be a lot more people that can go from zero to a million dollars in 10 years, myself included. I'm on that path right now. Um, so just remember, time, time is your friend and impulse is your enemy. Um, so when, when you're investing, uh, you should probably, if you're a brand new investor, this is going to, again, not financial advice by any means. You could do whatever you want, uh, but it's for educational purposes. But if you're a brand new investor, you're probably better off served not going down this path and making the mistakes that countless and thousands of brand new investors make. And that's penny stocks, crypto, high volatile stocks, day trading, uh, picking individual stocks. You'd be better served going down the approach of putting your money in a broadly diversified index fund like an S&P 500 or a total stock market index fund, uh, preferably a mutual fund and not an ETF. And I'll kind of touch on later why uh, when we talk about our speculation point, but preferably a mutual fund and just put your money in there. Never really look at it. Try to get as much money in as you can that you're comfortable with of course there's risk in index funds i'm not saying there isn't the, the market can correct and go down 10 15 20 30 40 percent there's risk but if you have a long-term approach to that and if you look at the numbers you, you're rarely going to find a 10-year period where a total market or s p 500 has not grown from the beginning of the decade to the end of the decade um, and if you push that out 15, 20, 30 years so far in history, there's never been a point outside of if you invested in the peak of the Great Depression. Uh, the Great Depression was a once in probably 150, 200 year occurrence. I'm not saying it can't occur tomorrow, but it was really uh, one of those things that are, are an outlier, those kinds of uh, those kinds of market corrections. So. If you just would have put your money in an index fund from the get-go and you're consistent with your deposits, that almost forces you to have a long-term approach and you get to avoid all these mistakes. You get to stay in the stock market, which is still, in my opinion, the easiest way to build wealth. It's truly passive. I don't spend much, much time, except that now it's my day job and I talk about this stuff, but I don't spend much time uh, worrying or focusing on my investments. You can't really say that for other forms of investing. If you're in real estate, if you're uh, an active trader or active 
uh, a manager of your investments, you're spending a lot of time uh, really trying to nitpick and make you know good decisions. And, and you're always second guessing and doing so much research and all this. Index investing, it's truly a, a lazy way to get the returns of the market and nothing else. And as long as you can have a long term approach when you're doing it, it's really the only thing you need to have as far as a strategy. Now, let's move on to the second point here that I want to talk about. And that's uh, the as far as the reason why investors lose money. And that's speculation versus investing. So speculation is this. Um, I can go to, let's say, a casino in Las Vegas. And I can say, well, today I have a feeling that I'm going to win at the blackjack table. Something, I don't know, it's a gut feeling. It's something inside me that says, Morris, if you go to the blackjack table today, you're going to win. That's me speculating. I don't know if I'm going to win or not. Uh, The odds are against me. Honestly, if you think about it, the odds are against me. But, you know, there's something inside me that says I'm going to win. Well, when a person has this approach to stock market investing, they'll say, well, I found the next stock that's going to explode 10, 20x. What are they doing? They're going off their gut feeling. There's something that tells them this will happen. But essentially, they're speculating. They're predicting the future. Um, They don't know. Uh, Just as much as they can say it's going to go up 10x, I can say it's going to go down 10x. Which one of us is going to be right? Well, only time can tell. Neither one of us can predict the future. So when you do this type of investing, um, in my opinion, it's not not much better than sitting down at the blackjack table and gambling. Uh, it's I'm hard to pre- I'm hard pressed to say otherwise. I really am because there is no uh, person alive today that can, uh, unless you've uh, built some kind of time machine and you go back in time and or I'm sorry, you you spring forward in time and then you come back into 2020 and you say, oh, you know, this is what's going to happen because you saw the future. Um, if that ever happens, then great. But other than that, and I'm kind of referencing back to the future here, the movie, if you guys are, I'm a big fan of that, if you guys didn't know, but other than that, really nobody else that comes on TV, that comes on YouTube, that comes on any media platform that says, this is what's going to happen in one year, two years, their prediction is just as good as your prediction. And both predictions are worth nothing to me because they they don't mean anything because it's a human being trying to predict something that they have no idea what will happen. So that's why I try to take speculation out of my investing strategy. I could be right if I speculate on something, but more than likely I'm going to be wrong. Um, We've seen this time and time again in the stock market there's been periods of time where uh, we've had such amazing bull runs where it's been, you throw a dart at a stock, you're going to be right. And the more and more you do that, people start to believe I cannot be wrong. And now we're kind of starting to touch on our third point, And that's overconfidence bias. That is the third reason why investors lose money. So more than likely, when you start investing, if you're you probably start investing because you've seen somewhere on the news the stock market is booming. For example, after the uh, great financial crash in two thousand eight two thousand nine, 
We then proceeded from 2010 to 2020 to go on the biggest bull run in history where everybody made money in the stock market. And what that creates is overconfidence bias. It creates the uh, thinking that you are some, in some way superior uh, to most people that have come before you as far as investors. But really, the, uh, the truth behind that is that most investors are going to underperform the market, uh, especially retail investors. Um, most institutional uh, fund managers are going to underperform the market by quite a bit. About After 10 years, I think only 20% of uh, actively managed funds can beat a standard S&P 500 index fund, which is just mind-boggling, but it's the data is out there. If you if you wanted to uh, to to fact check me, the data is out there. So when you when you start up a position, let's say you pick Tesla um, back in two thousand and eighteen, and here you are, you put I don't know a couple thousand dollars into Tesla. Here you sit in twenty twenty, and you have made ten x. You've ten x your returns, or God knows how much that stock would have gone up from twenty eighteen to twenty twenty, but. Let's just say you were an early investor. What that gives you is that overconfidence bias so that you believe your next pick will do exactly what just what happened with Tesla in the past two years. And then you pick something and it does it again. And you're like, oh, my God, I can't lose. I mean, I'm, everything I touch turns to gold. Guys, this is not the first time. This won't be the last time this has happened in the stock market. Like I've told you, there's about that 1% of people that can do this in a year or two and they build their wealth doing this. But what about the 99% that didn't, right? So you have the 99% that didn't pick Tesla and they're like, oh, I got to find the next Tesla. So then they pick another EV stock. We'll use uh, what's a hot one right now. Neo is the one I'm seeing. God, I wish I can just... I'm seeing so many YouTube videos on Neo right now. I'm just having to shut down my YouTube app and not watch it. But uh, Neo is the next hot one, right? So here comes a lot of overconfidence bias with that one. It's gone from like, I don't know, six bucks to 50 bucks, and people have lost their freaking minds. But guys, there is no way you can consistently do this and make money. It's been proven. There's only a select few number of people. And I'm sorry, but the reality is, and this is the reality for me as well, I'm just not smart enough to be able to do that. And I I don't want to be a a negative Nancy and and really put a somber mood or a pessimist. I'm really an optimist at heart, uh, but I don't want you guys to lose money. That's really the reason I make some of these episodes where I'm, maybe you can say it's tough love or I'm being a little harder on you. But at the end of the day, I don't want you to lose money. So these are, again, to recap the three things uh, or the three reasons why investors lose money. And and now after we recap them, I'm going to explain to you how to make money in the stock market. So one, you don't have a long-term approach. You're short-term in your thinking. You're short-term in your investing. You're moving your funds, buying and selling. That's one. Two, you're a speculator. You're not an investor. You go off your gut feeling. You do what feels right. You have no data or no analysis behind your decisions. Three, overconfidence bias. You make a good pick. You think you're the next Warren Buffett. Everything you touch will turn to gold. Nothing will go down. So those are the three reasons why investors lose money. Um, 
This is, a, again, a cautionary tale of, of, of ways not to invest in the stock market. Now, I've already touched on a little bit when I've talked about most investors underperformed the stock market, and I've touched on a little bit of my strategy, and that's index investing and, and, and the passiveness of it. Uh, really, what I want to spend the rest of this time talking about is uh, the benefits of starting out uh, in index funds versus starting out in any other strategy. Now, most people, if you're watching uh, YouTube videos, most people are going to tell you index investing is boring. Index investing is, um, uh, there's no hype to it. There's no, I mean, there's only so many YouTube videos I can make talking about an S&P 500 index fund, right, before you guys go to sleep. So uh, I'm trying to be a hype man, you know, I'm trying to say, you know, index, indexing, indexing, but, uh, you know, really, it's like watching paint dry. There's not much to my portfolio or I'm even, you know, hesitant to give you guys a portfolio update every month because there's, what's the point? I'm Okay, I'm up a couple percent this month. This is how much I deposit. I don't have much to talk about. I don't have those talking points uh, for you that I would if I was picking stocks or, or if I was a day trader or if I was speculating, right? So, but the idea here again is index investing is boring and that's a good thing. And hear me out. The reason it's a good thing is you're less likely to do changes to your strategy so let's say you plop it into a S&P 500 index fund like I've shown you on my YouTube channel that's what I'm doing and S&P is trading day in day out the price changes up one percent down half percent up two percent down three percent whatever the case may be and if you don't pay attention to that because you're invested in a mutual fund version where the price uh, or the ticker uh the ticker symbol does not keep updating the price every second. There's no need for you to even open your phone. There's no need for you to even check what the price is. You really don't care. Uh, and then you, you start to build this kind of habit of, okay, I'm every paycheck I'm going to deposit, I don't know, let's say 200 bucks. And this is another important point. And like I told you guys, I don't script these, but I did come across something that I think is, is, is really important. Let me get this up on my phone so I can uh, talk to you guys about it. And that is what amount of money you needed to put in into an index fund to to become a millionaire at age 65, which I think is not talked about enough because this is the power of index investing. You can become a millionaire by picking a hot stock, but again, those odds are not in your favor. But these odds are going to be in your favor. So this is from, I want to give credit to where credit is due. This is from the Money Guys show, if you guys don't follow them uh, they also have a podcast. Uh, they're, they're financial advisors. Um, but they really came up with this good graphic about how much you would need to save per month to become a millionaire. And I think it's it's really feasible with index investing. These numbers, I've actually tested the numbers in, in the portfolio uh, analyzer tool that I use. And these numbers come out perfect. It is absolutely gold. So if you're listening to this podcast and you want to become an investor, but you don't want to lose money, here's the way you're going to do it. You're going to find yourself a nice, broad-based, low expense ratio, low turnover index fund. If you don't know where to start, check out my YouTube channel. You're going to find a lot of different funds that I talk about. Uh, that's a good starting point, but you're going to have to do more research than that. But once you find that, this is exactly how much money you're going to have to put in to become a millionaire at age 65. And again, this is uh, this graphic is from the Money Guy uh, show. I want to give credit where credit's due. So if you're 20 years old, 
all you had to do is put in $95 a month into something where it it gives you a 10% rate of return. Again, um, you have roughly 45 years if you're 20 years old, so you got a lot of time on your hands uh, to build wealth. So you're probably going to be getting a higher rate of return because those initial dollars that you put in at 20 are going to be growing for 45 years. Uh, so you, $95 gets you to a million dollars at age 65. I mean, it's something that's very doable. You just got to cut out a few things out of your budget if you're 20 years old and you're going to get there. Move on to Moving on to 25-year-olds. So if you're 25, you're going to need to put in $158 a month to get to millionaire status at age 65. So you can kind of see the way this is starting to trend. The older you are, the more money you have to put in. Because at the beginning, I kind of told you guys, the best your best friend in investing is going to be time. Your worst friend is going to be impulse. So the, the shorter amount of time 25-year-olds have, they only have, a, at this point, a 40-year 40 40-year period before they turn 65. So they're going to have to put a little more. But again, $158 is really doable for a 25-year-old. If you're a 25-year-old with a full-time job and you can't come up with $158 out of your budget, then you got some other problems. I mean, you got to really sit down with a financial coach and get that figured out because there's no way you can't come up with $158. Now, let's move on to the 30-year-olds. Now, this is me. All right, I'm 31. So I need to do, and I do a lot more than this, but I need to do $270 a month to become a millionaire at age 65. So 65 to 30, that gives me 35 years of growth in the stock market, $270. So that's about, I don't want to say the average car payment because I know the average car payment is like 500 bucks, but I don't know. Think of a bill that's 270 bucks. And maybe if you have a ten, fifteen thousand dollar car, your your car payment's two seventy. Maybe instead of buying a new car every couple of years, you buy yourself a car that's gonna last you 10, 15 years. And then that money that you would have allocated to a new car, uh, you invest. And 30-year-olds, you guys can do this. I mean, 30-year-olds, you better have a career that's up and running, making you something above fifty thousand a year, hopefully. Now, if you're not, you better find the second job. Deliver some pizzas. That's a good way to use your car to make money to then invest money. So 270 is not bad. In 35 years, you can become a millionaire. All right, now, the road gets a lot steeper for 35-year-olds. All right, so if you're 35, if you're out there listening and you're 35, you have to invest $452 a month to potentially become a millionaire at age 65. Now, unfortunately, this is going to be a lot harder to do for more for more people. So if you're 35, you probably already uh, got married. And I'm just assuming maybe you didn't. There's nothing wrong with that. But maybe you got married, you got kids, you got car payments, you got mortgage payments, you got student loan debt. You got this uh, crazy life happening right now. You got a lot of stuff going on. You're probably going to be hard pressed to find $452. Again, I'm going to challenge you with one thing. Eliminate your car payment. The average car payment's over $500 right now in America. Get rid of one car, downgrade cars. Do what you have to do to kind of make up the difference. And it's still not too late. Think about this. You're 35 years old. 65 years is 30 years away for, uh, for you. Uh, but you still have some time. You Time is still your friend. You can still get there. So uh, 
$452 is doable. That's all I'm going to say. It's going to be hard, but it's doable. Again, the earlier you start, the better, of course, but it's doable. All right, now 40-year-olds. Now 40 is the uh, probably the beginning of the midlife crisis, if you, if you will. You know, you look back on your life. As I'm, I'm approaching this, I'm nine years away from this, but I know I'm going to look back and I'm going to say, all right, what have I done in the last 40 years? Uh, and you kind of start to panic and then you make some uh, big decisions. You go buy a boat, you buy a lake house, you do something that's very expensive. Well, instead of doing that in your 40s, because now you're 40 years old, hopefully you have uh, a good, stable career. Hopefully you're making some money. I mean, you better be approaching close to the six-figure mark at 40 uh, if you've had almost 20 years of of a career to build, so your 40 year olds, let's say you didn't, you did zero investing, and you're like, crap, I need to figure this out now because I'm quickly approaching 60 or 65. I don't have much time left. Well, it, you at 40, you're gonna have to do 780 dollars a month to potentially become a millionaire at age 65. Again, not bad. A millionaire in 25 years. Investing less than a thousand dollars a month, very, very doable. Now, of course, you probably at 40 are jealous of the 20 year olds because let me just go back to the 20 year olds. All they have to do at age 20 is start putting in $95 a month. Now, look at the difference from a 20 year old to a 40 year old. 40 year old has to do $780. That is so much harder than what the 20 year old has to do. And this is why going back to time is your friend. The more time you have, the younger you are. Stop wasting your time being like these other investors who are either going to uh, fall off. Uh, they're not going to be inve- long-term investors in the stock market. They might lose it all. They might. Uh, the 1% of them might hit it big. Uh, but here is, 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 is something that I've gone from age 20 to age 40 on how you can become a potential millionaire by age 65. And this is uh, possible through index investing. Um, So as we wrap up, we're running up on the half hour mark. I just want to wrap up a couple of other points that I made here. Um, All this information that I'm giving you guys is not financial advice. Uh, Of course, there is no guarantee uh, that if you invest in index funds, you will become a millionaire. Hopefully you guys understand that. This podcast, along with my other content, is going to be only for educational purposes. I do encourage you guys to do your own research uh, before you invest. Please consider the risks to investing. Uh, Financial products or instruments do not always go up. There is risk to lose money. And, of course, the initial amount you put in is never guaranteed. If you guys are not comfortable doing this on your own, I would highly, highly suggest you contact a financial advisor, uh, a, a, preferably a financial advisor who is a fiduciary financial advisor who is uh, not paid commissions to sell you products, but they're actually um, they're actually giving you financial advice. So please contact a financial advisor if you're not comfortable doing this on your own, uh, especially if there's large amounts of money involved. Uh, I would hate for you guys to listen to a podcast or watch a YouTube video and make a drastic decision that would impact your life in a negative way. 
All right, well, thanks so much for listening to this uh, seventh episode. I think I said it was seventh or sixth. I forgot already. I think it's the seventh episode of the podcast. This will be the last episode for 2020. I'm not going to forget about you podcast guys and my podcast family. I know we're starting to grow a little bit. I'm getting some increased listenership. So I'm really going to do my best here to be very consistent in 2021. I'm going to try to get you guys videos. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm going to try to get you podcasts out at least once a month. I know I I had this um, plan of once a week, but I really uh, have a hard time doing that. There's a lot going on. So at least I'm going to try to do it once a month for you guys uh, that are my loyal listeners. Thanks again, guys. Happy uh, New Year. Merry Christmas. And I will see you guys next year.